Hi, I'm Ayala Chipley, and you're listening to Get Out of Bed, Out of Your Head. I'm excited for you to join me on the journey as we learn the skills to overcome our anxiety and depression, acknowledge what we are going through, and learn to share our stories because we deserve to have our lives not dictated by the struggles within our mental health. Whether you're focusing on yourself or helping others, I can't wait to help you get there through sharing what I've learned in my own struggles, my own studies, or interviewing top experts in the mental health field, many of whom have struggled with this on their own. We are on a mission to own our story and own our truth, to live life on our own terms. Okay, I am so excited because today I have on with us a very special guest. I have Vin Lancey, who is the author of the book Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption, and the host of not one, but two podcasts. One is called What It's Like to Be an Entrepreneur, and the second is A Mental Health Break with Vincent A. Lancey. And Vin has an amazing story that I'm so excited for him to be able to share with us today. And I think we can learn a lot from him about his story and what he's been through and how he's come through it and what he deals with today from that. Um, So welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Of course. So diving right into it. Tell me your story because you have an amazing one and I've only gotten to hear a little bit about it, but let's hear it. Tell us. Yeah, absolutely. So when I was 21 years old, I was the victim of a hit and run accident while walking It was my first friend's 21st birthday, Joey. We were out having a good time, had some food and drinks, and I'm an early bird, so I get tired as the night progresses. So I I began walking home, and I got to my house, realized I had forgot my keys, turned back around, tried to find my roommates, no luck. On that walk home back, a driver veered off to the bicycle lane sidewalk and took me out from behind. I woke up about a week later out of a coma from Tampa General Hospital lived in the hospital for about a month where between a traumatic brain injury, I had a broken tib and fib where they put a rod in between my bones to kind of make it grow straight since it had come out of my leg. I couldn't separate dreams from reality a lot in the hospital, which is a challenge because of the brain bleeding and TBI. But after being told I would never walk or talk on my own again or go to the bathroom on my own again, I adopted this tell me I can't and I will philosophy where I want to do the things you said I couldn't do. I was supposed to take a full year off academics and ended up going back in about four months, worked towards finishing my finance degree and then enrolled for my MBA and ended up speaking at commencement for that. So it was just kind of a lot of believing in myself, working with the traumatic brain injury and not using it as a limitation, but more as something to propel me forward to do great things and use my story to help inspire other people. That's amazing. And you just said some like pretty profound things um, while you were just talking about it that just come out so casually. Um, I have that so, tendency. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. So tell me more about this. Tell me I can't and I will philosophy that you developed because you weren't just dealing with mental health struggles. Like this was physical stuff too like this is really hard things that most people would say like I actually can't get through it so how did you do actually go about doing that well my whole life I thought I wanted this corner office with a six-figure salary quickly this finance job and it is something I still do want but after a transformative experience like this it kind of 
realigns what's important for you in life. And the things that are most important to me are my family who are by my side, my Tampa family, which was my support group, my friends, where they were counting on me to get back because when something happens to you, it's not just you going through it. It's your whole team going through it. So there's a lot of people pushing you to get better that because you know you have such dark days where you're back to level zero. I had a nurse ask me, hey, Vincent, what school do you go to? And instead of saying the University of Tampa, I said Pulaski Road Elementary School, which is where I was when I was five to 10 years old. So that's how far back I was brought. And it was kind of just saying, all right, I can either sit and sulk, cry, why me, why me? Or I turn something horrible into something great because I get to share my story. And once I started hitting small milestone after small milestone, you kind of get the ball rolling. And when someone tells you, hey, you know, you've been going to school your whole life, you're about to be 21 and all that doesn't matter. You, you can't come back to school because it might not be in the cards. You know, those things hit you real deep where you can't let yourself down after coming this far. It may be a little more difficult and you might have to change and pivot a bit, but believing in yourself goes a long way and everything. And I think that's really what got me through it. Yeah. So, so you, what I'm hearing is the small, the small wins were a big thing from you, for you. Absolutely. They were huge. So, I mean, I think that momentum is one of the hardest things to start, but once you get the ball rolling, it's like lift off. Like you're able yeah. to just soar from there. Yeah. How did you, it. how, yeah. How did you, take those small wins and and shift your mind from this is something that like I should have been able to do from the start to like, this is a big step for me. It might be a small win in other people's minds, but like, this is a massive step for me. Like, what was that paradigm shift? Like, I like how you said that because you can't really compare your journey to anybody else's, you know, little goals are what gets you through. It was just kind of looking at myself of where can this go? I sip, I sat back and I said, okay, this is, I'm 21 years old. You're seeing social media of your friends the whole time, what they're doing. It's very hard to like get taken out of your senior year of college lifestyle and that whole thing to going back home to living with a family, you know, grandma, mom, dad, dog, sister, and just have that shift mentally. So you kind of had to be broken down completely, you know, hit rock bottom where my brain is at a kindergarten level. I'm moving back with my parents at 20 years old, almost 21, and just kind of having to really believe in the process of things, having to humble yourself and just accept it. Something that took me back a long time was kind of denial of, I had accepted what happened and the more I accepted it is when I really started to get better and better and better. But for a while it was like, okay, why, am I, why are some of these things not happening? I rushed back to school because I knew I can handle it but my short-term memory was severely affected and it didn't really start getting better until about six years later where I had, I went from a student who could glance over some notes before an exam, get an 80 or so and be okay. To now with grad school, it was working with the new Vincent, you know, rewired, read, write, type, read, write, type, read, write, type over and over and over again. Cause I had to work with my brain injury. No one was going to give me any leeway for being back at school with a mental health problem right now something I'm working towards a disparity like you say and I had to just push myself to the limit it just all goes back to believing yourself and just knowing that it really doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or is doing expectations are just that right they're meant to get shattered all my doctors told me a year for this three years for this five years for this and I was hitting these notes in under a year most of them and it just came down to 
working with my injury and turning it into a strength, not a weakness. That's amazing. How did you get that motivation? Do you think that's internally inside of you? Do you think that came with just wanting this so badly? Like where, where is this motivation coming from? I think I was always motivated in my life. I mean, it kind of just got pushed to new mountaintops, if you will. After this accident, I just kind of wasn't content with letting something that I didn't do, you know, someone I never met hitting me with a car, you know, something that it's out of my control. I wasn't in the middle of the road walking, you know, I was off to the side and it's just kind of, this is the cards that I'm dealt, right? I got to play these cards and see what happens. I didn't know what I wanted out of life, but I wanted more. So that's why I went for my MBA. I said, I don't know what this can do for me right away, but it's going to let me learn more about myself, which was the biggest thing I got out of it, learning how to interact with people who are introverts versus extroverts, things like that, kind of learning more about what's important to me. And I just used all those skills that I learned and applied them to being an entrepreneur for the last six years. That's amazing. And so you talk about this also shift in perspective from what I thought I wanted. Yeah. Um, to what I want now. Can you tell me about, can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, my whole life, I've always been an active volunteer. It's something that's been passionate for me. I like to give back and I also liked money, right? I went to school in 2009. I started college and that was when the recession started, similar to what we don't know is happening now during Corona. But I figured what major can I choose that would give me a decent likelihood of getting a job at least, whether I liked it or not, at least I can get a job. Cause I didn't, I was 17, 18. I don't know what a recession is, how long it's lasting. And so I chose finance and I love the art of finance. I love predicting cash flows. I love everything involved with it. But once you give back to your story once, for example, my first gig was graduation from MBA, 8,500 people, like huge, huge crowd, kind of nerve wracking. Then it wasn't something I was prepared for, but I was confident in myself and I believed in myself. I said, this is my moment. Let's do it. I saw the feedback I got from people with my story, how they were positively affected. So I said, all right, let's give this thing a go. And little did I know how hard entrepreneurship was and how, you know, how you have to earn every step of the way. And, but it's just more learning lessons and more experiences to help relate and help other people with. So that first time that you, you told your story and people benefit from it, that was your, your shift. Kind of. I, like, I want this corner job. I mean, I still do want the corner job. I like, I like that setting, but what I like more is having the ability to not only provide for myself, but give back and help other people the same way. You know, part of my brand is all revolving around somehow my giving back. You know, my book is through helping everybody tap into their potential, overcome that adversity where I thought, where can I help people more? I did the two podcasts, one to help future entrepreneurs because I know how hard it is and the other with the mental health because I know there's not enough people talking about it. And with the stigmas, I just want to do my part to help you break down those stigmas. Yeah. So how do you break down those stigmas? I think it starts with creating awareness and doing your part. I think that everybody has to kind of just use their voice. Like what you're doing is truly admirable and so spectacular because of all the awareness you're creating. You're giving someone who doesn't think they have the voice, someone that doesn't think that it matters to hear what they say, right? Mental health is so, so big. And uh, the other day I was speaking with somebody in my pocket that said it takes a community to break down these stigmas. You know, it's not just one person's effort. You have to continue to spread your story and hope it creates a domino effect. Well, I think that's what it does. You tell one person, then that person tells someone, you tell multiple people and it's just, it, it knocks down 
so yep. many people and people hear it and then they're like, wow, I can, I can do this. I can get through it. And you telling your story so openly does yes. that. That's um, my goal. One of my goals, you know, it's, you know, many goals, but one is there's a lot to be done in the mental health world. And if everybody just did their part with one story or something small, I can't even imagine how far we'd come, even though we are coming incredible lengths and bounds. So do you think that sharing for you did something internally? Oh yeah. The feeling I always got giving back through other outlets is very similar to giving back through your story. Every time I host a podcast or hop on a podcast like yours, I find it like it's therapy, right? This is like my therapy for the day where we're chatting and making it happen. And yeah, I just, I'm excited to see where this world shifted with mental health because people are taking charge right now for sure. Yeah. So can we talk a little bit about the mental health struggles that you went through, even coming through this, like, did you deal with anxiety and depression going through all of this and all the things that you went through with your injury and coming back from it? Because it wasn't a short road. It was a long road. Yeah. I mean, it's some things were day to day, but something were year to year. That's how I describe the traumatic brain injury. I may have always had a little anxiety, but nothing to the extent that happened after the accident. In the beginning of the accident, it was extreme irritability. Um, getting sad thoughts, you know, at first I was on all these pills because there were so many preventable things they were trying to do because of how severe my injury was. I mean, they told my mom, I might not make it through the night over the phone in New York. So I don't take that lightly how I've been surviving and doing these things, but it was dark days. I mean, real, real dark days. I'm in a hospital room where there was no end date for me because of how day to day I was or month to month. I was just knew I was waking up in a hospital. Um, in Tampa, there's something called Gasparilla. It's the third biggest parade in the country, like behind Mardi Gras. Mm -hmm. And Tampa General Hospital is on the water, on the bay, where these boats are going by. And I'm watching this event in my bed after a brain injury. So that was super depressing. My senior year, supposed to be the best Gasparilla yet. And it, I was in the hospital bed. So there was just letdown after letdown after letdown, which kind of eventually just made me realize that I'm going to get let down a whole lot in this process. I'm going to be real upset about a lot of things, but the quicker I stay positive about it and the quicker I take it head on, the quicker I acknowledge that this is what it is and there's nothing I can do about it. So I got to get on it. It's going to make it better. And then from there, just once I learned how to work with this newly developed anxiety and push these bad thoughts away from me, it just became a lot easier, but it was just patience and okay anxiety attacks or baby panic attacks. There's things that I'm not going to really know about until I go through them. And now I know how to prevent them and how to work with them if they do arise. It was just really scary in the beginning because like I said, I was, they were giving me pills to be on this, that. And eventually I weaned myself off all these pills because I was just finding myself living in a cloud. You know, I wasn't depressed. It was just, it's okay to have a sad thought. You know, it's okay. You know, it doesn't mean I'm depressed. So it was kind of just a lot of learning trial and error similar to entrepreneurship in a different way, kind of maybe why I'm so, was so quickly to jump to that is because I like figuring it out as I go and I like to create something mm -hmm. and create change. So you talk a lot about acceptance and, and changing it from I'm missing out. What, like, what if I could be here to, all right, I'm going to go through this and it's going to suck, but like, I'm going to accept it. And it sounds like that helped you a ton. Yeah, it was really the turning point was when it was, over that 50% acceptance rate. Once I went over that, that meter, it was, it was game on. So I think it's 
interesting that you're talking about how you've made it through and how it was day to day and all of these things that you were worried about when a lot of what everyone in the world is going through right now is kind of, how do I get through it? I, they're going through, I call it the stages of grief with it. Like denial, there's sadness, there's, and then you come to acceptance, like all of these stages that you have to go through. Um, because we're in our house and we're looking out the window and we're like, when will life return back to normal? And though it's not the level that what you went through, but how would you tell someone to, to come to that acceptance? I think it's kind of just looking at the big picture here. You know, you have to see what is going on. And for me, it was okay. I was hit by a car. I'm going to have to take some time away from the things that are a norm to me. I was in Tampa for four years. That was my new norm. It was just like a hometown in New York for me where I knew where it was. I was comfortable. And then you're just taken out of that with the brain shift 20 years back. So for me, I just kind of had to find, okay, we're going back to acceptance here. Find a way to make peace with it. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying it's supposed to be easy. Things happen for a reason. It's tough to see the light in the beginning. I didn't see the light for a long time. And so I started giving back through my story. I'm saying, okay, this is, this is what puts a smile on my face now. You just got to find a way, whatever that way is, to accept it, make, make peace with it, maybe speak to your inner circle about it, you know, be open about it. I find conversation and dialogue is huge, and they may help you percolate them some thoughts where it might give you that little push you need. I love that. Um, like not letting the burden fall just on you and, and sharing as well as accepting that life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you is I'm sure a line that you, you like as well because yeah, it's things, just, things come from it. It's tough, but you got to stay persistent. Like everything else you do, you want to give up halfway through on everything. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. Why keep going? Because that's who you are and your character you dev- I, I got an opportunity just to really like go back to my character and say, what's going to make me happy in life? Life's too short. I wasn't supposed to make it through the night, let alone have the opportunity to do so many great things and influence people and just do my part and be on podcasts like this. So it just, it creates optimism for sure. Just talking, sharing your story, getting it off your chest. And that was trial and error for me too. Even therapy, I was so hesitant. And then once I did it, I was like, what have I been waiting for? <laughs> what what was it that you were hesitant about with therapy? I think I just didn't think I needed it. I think I needed to talk to somebody. I thought, oh, I'm an extrovert, so I can talk to people. I, I do it enough. And then it was I didn't look at it from an unbiased third party where you're able to, you know, pour out the feelings and th- things you want to talk about. And there's no judgment. And it makes you think clearly. And it's like a weight off your shoulder. It's just something I... Even meditating, I think I had very unrealistic expectations for what it did. And I think it just taught me that I can disconnect from the world. And when I get these negative thoughts and things like that, I utilize what I learned in meditation to push them away. So that's another tool that you use. Yeah. I mean, just... Tell tell me about that. I just forever, I just know if it was the patience or I just thought it was going to be like hitting the lottery. I don't know where it's just, I had such crazy expectations for meditating or, and then I started doing headspace. So I'll do like a minute, right? Really, really just baby steps. And I talk about it in my ebook coming out Friday. That's the, the things like mental health breaks I use. I don't believe in just taking a break, getting off track, social media, TV, like 
all my breaks from my work day or are productive ones, right? And I try to do mental health breaks because of how it pays me leaps and bounds. I'll put on two minutes and it was three minutes, five minutes with headspace, 10 minutes, and just come back like a whole new day as if I napped or I, I don't know. It's just, it, it's amazing. Yeah. And I think that's so important to talk about it as it goes, like just do it little by little because then it becomes easier to do and your, your day becomes better. Like when you, and that can apply to anything, like taking it such a small step at a time. Like that's what you did at first with your own struggles going through what you did, what you went through. Yeah. You apply it to everything. You apply it to everything. And that's just part of the process. Even if you don't think you can do it, if you start in such small steps, you can almost do anything. Couldn't agree more. So I want to ask you one or two final questions. Um, Sure. Let's say someone right now, like a lot of people are doing, are, are struggling with their mental health. How would you say for them to, especially right now with COVID and everything going on right now, how would you say for them to begin to accept what's going on to, to live their best life? I think it's simply that telling yourself, if you have to look yourself in the mirror, do it like this is the situation. There's nothing I can do about it, but how I react to the situation is either going to put me in a good mood or a bad mood. It's either going to make me productive or lazy. It's either going to make me fall behind or not. Some tips I've been doing nature, big time exercise in nature. I turned my phone off. Uh, some advice I got on one of my podcasts from a doctor, Dr. Basio. He said, instead of taking a walk, try turning your phone on silent. Take the sounds in around you. No music, the cars, the birds, the lawnmowers, whatever. Very, very therapeutic. I think exercising takes your mind off things. And when you get into it, you get, you get tired a lot in the beginning if you're not familiar with exercising. But once you get through that week, and that goes back to piece by piece, day by day, one rep at a time, you start thinking so clearly mentally. Um, other things, no matter what job you have, try to replicate your workday as best you can. It doesn't have to be the whole thing. Like wake up, take a shower, eat, do things that aren't going to put you in a bad position to succeed. I always have some kind of schedule. A big thing for me is I have to write down the three most important tasks before I go to bed every night. Even though I wake up, I know what I have to do. I can get down a rabbit hole with emails or posting social media. So I know what I have to do. I take my walk, I eat, I take action. And I think once you start writing those three things down every day, you'll find your productivity just through the roof and how much time you save. I think it will be amazing for you. That's amazing. Those are some amazing tips. Yeah, I try to really live it and speak it into existence. And it's tough at first because you can do so many different things in your day. It's just creating discipline for yourself seven days or whatever for the um, the habit, 21 for a lifestyle, something like that. I think it goes. And the more you do it, you know, every day during this coronavirus, other than the revenue generating jobs like my side hustles as an entrepreneur. I've been just so productive creating content, recording podcasts, you know, writing these books just because when this is, this is going to end eventually, you know, so you have to kind of check it and do the little things for your mental health so you can be productive and put yourself in this amazing position to succeed as soon as coronavirus passes. Yeah. Who do you want to be when you get out of this is the question we should all be asking ourselves. I went so, it, one last question. Please. 
through all of your struggles that you've been through, what is the biggest takeaway you have you have gotten? Nothing's nothing will be handed to you and nothing's promised. And it sounds, I guess, a bit cliche, but I'll explain. Nothing's promised. I was walking home. I took the safe route, right? I didn't get in the car while drinking. I didn't get in the car with somebody else drinking. I did the safe thing, walked home. I used the side of the road. And because of something I didn't do, something that I didn't expect from someone I never even met, they almost took my life away. That I almost didn't make it through the night. So that you realize that, okay, all of your problems, you think that are real problems, are they truly important? I mean, granted, after the accident, it was dark days. I had a tough time grabbing it. But once you get into that place, you accept the things, it will be fine. And then to nothing's promised to you, as an entrepreneur, I learned it firsthand. I lost my privilege to drive when I got hit by the car because I was a danger to people on the road. I couldn't walk without crutches. You know, nothing's promised, right? You're not supposed to be, you're not supposed to be go to school. It's a privilege to go to school. It's a privilege to drive. As an entrepreneur, I, people are scared of failure, right? They think if one thing goes wrong, it wasn't meant for them. I can send a hundred emails. If I hear back from 15, that's good. And that's failing 85% of the time. So I really have to go out and get everything that I want. And I just learned that it's, you know, it's, it's not going to be given to me. So you have to, whatever you're doing in life, just make sure it's worth your time. Cause once it's worth your time, you'll be willing to work those 10 hour days and make something special. I mean, look what you're doing right now with the toolbox, with the podcast and you're still in school. You know what? I can't even, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what you have in, in your future. Thank you. And thank you for sharing all of that. Um, My pleasure. It, your, your story is incredible. What you've taken from it's incredible and your perspective. So thank you in sharing your story with, with the listeners, because I'm sure that they can take all of this and apply it to what's going on today, which is something that probably people are thinking shouldn't have happened, but it did. Yeah, and absolutely. so thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm so excited to connect with your audience. If you liked anything I spoke about, uh, feel free to look at my website, vincentalancy.com, vincentalancy.com. I'm happy to, to connect. And if you're in her network, I'm happy to have you a part of mine. I'm so inspired that you've joined me and so many others by listening to this podcast in our fight to overcome our anxiety and depression. If you know someone that could benefit from this message, please share this podcast with them so we can change the lives of the people we love together. If you want more help for yourself so you can finally live life on your own terms without feeling crippled by anxiety and depression, then I hope you'll let me help you further on your journey. You can do this by going to www.anxietysecretstoolbox.com to access the key tools and strategies you need to gain control over your anxiety and panic attacks. We are on a mission to come together to own our story and truth and help others do the same in this movement to live life on our own terms.